Hello, happy campers. Hello. I'm Spike. I'm Chris. And we are geeking out, and this is the aftermath. We're going to talk about Super Mario Brothers movie today. We're going to go ahead and knock this out of the way first. Okay. I know you've got a list of things to talk about, but let's do the aftermath first. It is Easter Sunday as we record, which makes this April 9th, 2023. Thank you. First weekend that uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie has started, and it's already looking to do $380 million. It's opening weekend globally, so lovely. Tough. Apparently, they're doing something right, right, Chris? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you tell them about it, Chris. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, or the Super Mario Brothers movie, or whatever it's called. You talk to us. The Super Mario Brothers Movie. Um, yeah, I mean, what is there to tell? I mean, of course, you got uh, <laughs> two brothers trying to make it. They got a dream of, of well, they're dreaming big. There's a lot of, you can't follow your dream. It's, you know, get your head out of the clouds type of thing that goes on in this mm -hmm. film. Uh, but, uh, anyways, of course, they get sucked into this new world of, of turtles and mushrooms and all that good stuff. You know that. You know Mario. You know Mario. Why, why am I explaining it to you? You know Mario. If you've ever played a Super Mario game, then you know yeah, exactly what know. this goes. But but there is some, some discussions, a couple of interesting things just off of this movie. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and review the movie, okay? The movie's a lot of fun. Yes. It, it, it is fun from beginning to end. Yes. I think there's several reasons we'll discuss that. Simply put, the bulk of this review is going to be meta, okay? Because we are going to be talking about the movie and why it's being successful. It is being successful. And we're going to talk about what it means going forward. Uh, but by and far, this is not the most the most intellectually deep movie ever written. This is hardly the most intellectually stimulating script ever. It's Mario. We don't need that. Yeah, it's Mario. You don't need that. You don't need to be making any comments on women's relationship with men. You don't need to be making, you know what I mean, making brownie points based on the relations of all the different races to each other and stuff. It's a fun, family-friendly movie. This is the kind of thing that Hollywood, and I'm going to say this, Hollywood does not do at all anymore. Ask Disney. Disney refuses to do it. Look at what Disney has done of late. Look at how hard Mandalorian Season 3 has crashed. The next thing they have on their plate is a live-action remake of Moana, for crying out loud. Yeah. So, that nobody wants, and the movie's what, five years old? Six years old? Moana, yeah. It hasn't been that long since Moana was out. So it's just one of those things where it's, Hollywood is completely Hollywood, done on it. Hollywood's becoming a meme where, like, you know that scene in Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum's, like, you get the know-how and you don't stop to think, you don't stop and think if you should. Or something like that. It's yeah. You've you've got this nifty new toy and you want to play with it and you don't you don't sit there and think, 
boy, maybe I shouldn't be pointing this gun right into my head or something, you know. Exactly. The, uh, there are two production studios involved here, okay? And I'm going to make a couple of points here. Uh, first of all, Nintendo is co-producer credit on this film. So Nintendo actually helped produce the film, which makes sense because Nintendo's already got the modeling down, know the characters. Shigeru Miyamoto, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, he's the guy who has been developing Nintendo's uh, franchises for, for years and years. He's the one who, who led Mario into the position it holds and The Legend of Zelda and Metroid and a bunch of other franchises he's created for Nintendo. He's always built these little 2D characters up with the potential for telling a bigger story. And so it's to see him with executive producer credit gave me it really changed a lot of the a lot of the way that I looked at this movie because when I came into this movie there were two things going against it there was the chatter about princess peach being a feminist icon and there was chris pratt doing the voice of freaking mario now they address the voice within the first 5 minutes of the movie because there's a, a, a scene really early. Mario and Luigi, the boys, have put together a, an ad for their, uh, for their little new plumbing outfit that they're putting together. <clears throat> and they come off sounding just like they do in the, in the video games. And it turns out that uh, their parents actually sound like that. And they were kind of emulating them to get across the Italian heritage without just coming out and saying they were trying to emulate the Italian heritage. So it was a, it was a nice little touch and it made the rest and it made Chris Pratt a lot easier to, to deal with. If only they had done that part inside the trailer, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been reluctant on that. And the idea that Princess Peach is a feminist icon is not addressed at all in the movie, mm. which is the proper way to do it. Princess Peach, and even I've said this, she is constantly the damsel in distress in the Super Mario movies. And everybody had a problem with that, but now... Yeah, but now, here she is. She's the one who grew up with all of this, not Mario. Mario is relatively new, and he has to learn as he goes. He picks it up very, very quickly. But she she does not rub Mario's nose in it. And, and, Matter of fact, she actually feels a little embarrassed with him and the uh, trouble he goes through because he does have to, you know, he, he has to do what they call level churning. Yeah. Basically, he has to sit there and keep fighting the same things over and over and over and over until he gets good enough that he can advance. Anybody who's played Legend of Zelda knows how that goes. So it's, uh, but she does take care of herself, which is what anybody in that situation would have would have those skills, any woman in that situation, in order just in order to survive, would have the skills that Princess Peach does. The introduction of the romance angle between her and Bowser, or actually between Bowser and her, because it is not returned in any way, shape, or form. Although there is a apparently a, a pop culture theory about that, that Mario's the bad guy and and they're actually dating and stuff, but Mario's the, the cock blocker here, basically. But it's the... Uh, 
is the unrequited love between a, a turtle and a woman. So it's just the less said about that, the better. Toad, they actually have a toad with character, which is absolutely incredible. Which is a uh, also there's a lot of uh, things in this movie that is uh, callbacks to from the very first game to all the different spinoff games and even shows. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Toad is like the adventure. Uh, yeah, his name is actually Adventurer Toad yeah. because he's the only Toad who actually goes out on adventures. And if you had played any of if you played any of the Super Mario RPG games, you would have met Adventure Time by now. So it's it is a fun movie. Like I said, it's family friendly. There I saw absolutely nothing in it that would offend anybody, honestly, unless you're just looking for something to be offended by. It was a lot of fun and it didn't take itself seriously. Like I said, Nintendo is co-producer. The other production studio involved, aside from Universal, which distributes, was Illumination uh, Animation Paris. Not the American Illumination Studio, the Paris Studio. So, so in related news, Illumination Animation Studios now has a studio in Paris. The thing is, Nintendo, based out of Japan, You've got Illumination. This studio was based out of France. Both as far removed from Hollywood as physically possible. And as a result, you see absolutely zero, zero Hollywood talking points here. It is just pure fun. It's pure escapism. And quite frankly, probably, I would actually, hold on, I would actually compare this. This is Nintendo's Iron Man moment. When Marvel started their studio, they took what little money they got from the Spider-Man movies that Sony had been doing, that Columbia had been doing, and then they used that to start the studio and they made, they worked together with some partners, I think at Paramount, and made the first Iron Man movie and established themselves as as the studio to beat for the next 20 years. Of course, now they're just beaten, but... This is Nintendo's Iron Man moment. Nintendo is about to change the way the entire world looks at them because they've always looked at Nintendo as being that family-friendly video game company, the one that always does the oddball. When they came up with the Wii, which was the last video game system I owned, by the way, and looked at brand new ways of playing video games and all this innovation and stuff. Now they're bringing that innovation and those ideas into Hollywood productions. And so now you're starting to see them more into the entertainment side, which means if we don't get a Legend of Zelda movie within the next three years, something is very, very wrong. Yeah, we haven't gotten something from that in a long time. Now. To be honest, yeah, and... And again, they've never gotten it. They actually have tried Legend of Zelda things because when the Super Mario Brothers TV show was on the air, okay? Remember, before this, you had, oh Lord, you had Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, the first Pleasure. one. And, Pleasure. and who was the Mario in the TV <clears throat> series before that? I just told you yesterday about that movie. Yeah, but I can't remember his name because I know he was he was a wrestler, right? Yes, Captain Lou Albano. This was Hollywood. This was Hollywood's idea of what a Nintendo property should be. This is the 
this movie is the first time Nintendo gets to show what they think their property should be, and it is a freaking Grand Slam home run. Quite frankly, if, if this doesn't establish Nintendo as the hot new thing in the entertainment industry, I don't know what it's going to take. Because they're, they're, the two of us have been complaining for years about the dreck that's constantly being dripped out by Hollywood. Here's a new, uh, breath of fresh air. Enjoy it. Run with it. And here's the incredible part. You can actually watch it more than once. Just like you can play the game over and over and over. You can, I think you could watch this movie. Because there's always little details you're missing. There's constantly little characters doing things in the background that you didn't see the first time. So there's yeah. all... It, I do think this has repeatability. So Also, I really love the character developments in this movie. Because, like, you got Peach, you, you know, he explained the whole Peach thing. Mario uh, had this way about him of never giving up. And a lot of people pointed out, like, you never give up. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. I think he, he sees it he as a weakness, but it's quit. a strength. He doesn't know when to quit. That's the way it's referred yeah. to in the movie, which, is, which has a negative connotation. Yeah. But go ahead. And then Luigi, I wish, I do wish that, that Luigi didn't have to wait until the end to actually overcome how he felt. But you can see, like, he felt like he was just there. And you can see him feeling that because it's like, oh, I've been captured. My brother's always there to help me out. Um, you know, so he does overcome all that, but at the very end, um, kind of wish they would have done a little bit more, you know, with that. That's what sequels are for. Yeah, true. Get your um, foot in the door before you start walking all over the carpet. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I did find interesting, again, I, the whole thing of pointing out that you got your head in the clouds, don't let people tell you, you know, to give up on your dreams and all that stuff. I feel like they haven't done something like that in a very long time in movies or in storytelling. Because it used to be a thing that, you know, always follow your dreams and never give up. And then it stopped that. <laughs> or like the longest time is like, they don't do that no more. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is that's kind of the theme of this movie. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's different. A lot, a lot of nostalgia in this movie. Oh, of course. This a is lot a... of nostalgia. Even Why the music. Not? Why not, for crying out loud? I mean, it's there. It's low-hanging fruit. Use that to build from. So Yeah. Um, also, the characters, Donkey Kong. I don't like Seth Rogen that much anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to. But he grew up. Donkey Kong, he does the voice for Donkey Kong, and uh, I actually like Donkey Kong. When we got to the Donkey Kong scene, the the land of the Kongs or whatever it was called, yeah, I I actually I actually looked at all the all the the gorillas running around and everything, all the Kongs, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a TV series waiting to happen. This, oh yeah, this yeah. is a spinoff. Yeah. Just to meet all the different Kongs and just see all these, because mankind has this fascination with talking apes. Look at Planet of the Apes. Look at all the DC comics that had talking gorillas in it. 
I mean, for goodness sake, look at Magilla Gorilla. And of course, now you got Donkey Kong and Cranky, his dad. And Dixie and Diddy were there. And all the, the Kongs that we know of were there. And so it was, that was a neat little side hustle. Yeah, I love their little world. It, it's, it's just stupid. But I loved it. Um, also, Jack Black as <laughs> Bowser. Chewing up the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> Like, dude. Jack, Jack oh. Black was in the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Okay? And nobody cared. Everybody's like, mm. And Jack Black has a lot of goodwill with the fans, but everybody's like, mm. And it was everything else. Jack Black cannot rescue it by himself. But if you start off with good stuff, Jack Black can take it to the next level and, and really make it well. School of Rock, for example, the movie, oh. was an idiotic idea, but he made it work because he's Jack Black. He's the guy, he's the fat guy who should have starred on Saturday Night Live, but he didn't go that route. Yeah. So he is, and he was in the line, he's, I'm going to say he is in the line, like John Belushi and Chris Barley and just name, the fat guy on SNL, Keenan Thompson for that matter. Yeah. So... But he's got that. He's he doesn't have the SNL taint, so he doesn't have Lauren Michaels like a like the old man in the sea on his back. But he has that talent. He can elevate it. And he him doing Bowser was just. <laughs> now there was a voice I did not miss because in the video games Bowser sounds like he gurgles with razor blades. So to hear Jack Black sitting there crooning his love song for <laughs> Bowser's love song for. Peaches, his peaches, his peaches. He nailed that character so great. I love Bowser in this. Like, I love how he's like all tough and manly, and like we're gonna rule this, we're gonna rule that. Oh, peaches, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, peachy peaches, man. Uh, it was great. You you made a point about uh, about dreams and. How Hollywood doesn't really talk about following your dreams anymore. I think the the point this this movie is trying to make is that understand Mario and Luigi's dream was to start their own plumbing company. Yeah. Okay. At the beginning of the movie, we quickly find out why they should not be involved in plumbing. Okay. Anybody who's anybody who played the original Mario Brothers with the pipes and all that stuff knows why the Mario Brothers should not be involved in plumbing. But uh, but they did have that dream. But the dream, they started reaching for that dream. They never, they didn't actually reach their dream. They wound up going in a different direction entirely and wound up with a whole new dream out of it. I think that's an important lesson. Yes, it's, yes, having a dream is good, but you have to be flexible enough to accept that sometimes your mission statement changes and you go follow a new dream. So... <clears throat> So that's just my two bits on it. So let's go to the rule of five. The big rule of five here at Geeking Out and in the Aftermath, never review something. We give everything a score of zero to five. So for movies, and I always have to look over here because I've got them hanging on the wall. Five is good for Saturday night with a date. Four is good for an afternoon matinee. Three, buy it on Blu-ray or DVD. Two for Netflix. One for Pluto TV for free. And zero, not even drunk. Chris, where would Super Mario Brothers be? Five. Five. Which is ironic because the, the Super Mario Brothers only have four fingers. But anyway, 
Yeah, I give it a five. This is actually this really is a movie you could actually take if your date has any geekiness in her at mm. all or him. Yes. Then yes, you can take them along. Or if they just want a goofy time, if they're just in the mood for something goofy, mm -hmm. this this is goofy in a good way. So not like a goofy movie. That that thing, Chris. But anyway. You never even watched the Goofy movie. I have seen a Goofy movie, and I managed to blot most of it out. I don't. That one, not even drunk. Anyway, so, yeah. so, so, final grades: five for both of us. Five for me, five from him. That averages up to five. So, five out of five for us. Way to go, Nintendo! Like I said, can't wait for the next one. And Illumination Entertainment and Universal eating Disney's lunch on a weekly basis. Mm. I'm good with Yummy. that. <laughs> I'm very, very good with that. You know, mate, listen, keep doing what you're doing, Illumination, because you could be given, well, actually, you already are, giving Disney a run for their money since they can't come up with original ideas. Right, and, so. and, and that's the thing, too, is Illumination as a studio is not beholden to the... The bad guys haven't gotten their tenterhooks into them yet, basically. So DreamWorks Animation was always known as the Shrek Studio. Okay, Now they're known as the uh, Puss in Boots Studio. And Disney, of course, is known for their princesses. But Illumination had always been known for Despicable Me. Yes. Now, now they're starting to branch out, and they're getting involved in all these other things. But I will say, and this movie does not get enough credit, or these movies, these two movies don't get enough credit. Secret Life of Pets <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I laugh so hard with those movies. <laughs> mm. So... So basically, if you see Nintendo in the credits or Illumination in the credits, it might... Give it the benefit of the doubt. That's how much goodwill this movie is earned with us. So, to wrap, fives from both of us. So, until next time, which actually should not be that far off, because coming up is a new Christian movie. Believe it or not, this is actually a Christian movie. It's called Nefarious. It's coming out, I believe, coming out next weekend. We will be here with an aftermath on that. I don't know if Chris will see it, but I have every intention of going to see it because having seen previews and hearing discussions about what the movie is and what it's about, everything I have told about storytelling over the last five years is in this movie. This is Spike's Storytelling Classes, the movie, Nefarious, coming up next weekend. Hopefully we'll have an aftermath next weekend. And speaking of spikes, it was nice having the cameo in the Super Mario Brothers movie. This is the only reason I really gave it up five. I do have a cameo in there. It's early, it's awesome, and it has the mustache I've always visited. So, you're welcome. Until next time. <laughs> time to go. Until next time. I'm Spike. I'm Chris. I'll keep, keep on geeking out. Yeah. Bye.